0: On today's episode of Jack Daniels Presents, This Life Ain't For Everybody, the Breaking It Down Edition, with Chad Belding and Alex Crosby. It's all about hard
1: knocks. Dude, high school's a pimple on a nap's ass compared to the rest of life. It'd be nice just to go back
2: and worry about what room you had to get into next, you know? Plus,
0: tailgating.
2: You're like Van Wilder, dude. You're
0: the party planner.
1: I planned the whole thing and handled every single thing that- down to an after-game player parking lot tailgate That party was nice, too. For the second one.
0: why baseball players are superior athletes
1: baseball's the hardest sport in the world which it is very hard it's a mental f
0: show and chad's lack of delegation
1: things you were pointing out <laughs> that i didn't do right so would you
2: say that's a fault of yours that you aren't delegating properly
0: <laughs> now for jack daniels b squad leaders chad
1: building and alex crosby did you enjoy that game i did a lot did you oh dude i, I enjoyed it way more than i thought i would aren't you glad we tailgated yeah, but you kind of like ruined my day with all the things you were pointing out that I didn't do right. <laughs> After I made the whole trip happen, you're like, where's the, the table? Where's the more chairs? Where's <laughs> yeah, the Deemer box? I like, mean... you, you pointed out every single thing I did wrong, but you guys got nothing ready. It's a typical thing.
2: It is. Had I been, you know, if you have said, hey, let's all meet out here. And uh, while well, I was here on Friday night, we could have easily said, hey, let's throw together a little tailgate package. You have a hot rod table. That folds up, very slim, could have fit in the truck. Okay, I do. You have music boxes, Deemer boxes coming out of your wazoo. Could have had tunes. You have all the bar, which the food was good. Who led? The, I would not complain the about the string
1: and and I, got people no doubt. involved. Nobody but, could say, you know what, I'll, I'll come over there and do it. But you're kinda,
2: you're like Van Wilder, dude. You're the party planner. You just yeah,
1: have to. I planned the whole thing and handled every single thing that... down to an after-game <clears throat> player parking lot tailgate That was nice, too. Yeah. For the second one with free beer. Did you tell milk. them to bring beer? No, they did it for my birthday.
2: Oh, that's nice. Hey, I honestly didn't think about it either. But you guys don't think next time. Either. Next time. I
1: said, who wants to get the food? The brats and the got the wild game brats. Got all this stuff ready. We got a stove. We got a skillet. What? Who? who how, I need people managing all this. I, know. I got a lot of things on my plate. You guys just get in the truck and ride.
2: So would you say that's a fault of yours that you aren't delegating properly?
1: <laughs> so I, I, have but, to, hey, I thought it was great. dude. So I have to delegate more like Clint, you're in charge of yes. the steamer box. Well, Nobody not, can not, think for themselves.
2: If I don't think of it, it doesn't get I, done. I think you break it down like a restaurant, right? So you, you give someone the hardscape, so that's the guy that gets the table and the utensils and stuff like that. And then you get someone on entertainment. They got the box, and they're responsible for the playlist. Then you got the you know culinary part, so someone's getting the meat and spices and sides. I think we did pretty good. Could it have been a little bit better? Maybe. Could have been just one or two extra creature comforts is what I'd say. Then you see the guy next to us making the carne asada with the fresh sauce and all that. And then you wonder if you take it to the next level next time, you know?
1: So you were disappointed in the tailgate?
2: No, I was very happy with it. I thought it was great. It was actually, I'd never been to that stadium. It was fun. Kind of a pain in the ass to get in there, though. But other than that, great. That's not anything we could do anything about.
1: That was kind of the worst part of the trip was the last two miles.
2: What about on the freeway, dude, getting on that weird exit that goes into the neighborhood there that everything's backed up? I thought we were going to get rear-ended 45 times. But then, yeah, the getting <laughs> Clint's weak horn. And His horn's solid. <laughs> what about how no one has any uh, compassion or respect for anybody down there? They won't let you merge. They won't let you do anything. It's California drivers. You hear about them all the time. And then the security guards trying to run the traffic signals. And it's just, yeah, that was. But once you get to your spot, then dialed in.
1: The parking, the tailgate, walking to the stadium. You know, one thing that sucks about professional sports now is there's no keepsakes anymore. And no. you can't even request one, like a ticket stub. I know anything like it's all on your phone now. It's kind of lame. Right. And literally going to that team store, the the line was so long
2: and it's $45 for a snapback hat, which fine. But what about, you can't bring a deflated football in to get autographs into a, football stadium what what do they think you're going to do with a deflated football slap someone with it maybe you have a small compressor in your
1: bag with a ball right. needle and you're going to pump it up and then throw it around and you're going to pump it up and throw it around and, and you're taking a chance of hitting a lady in the back of the head with a bad pass yeah. and the i can see it you know like even at concerts and stuff they they take the tops off the beers they they yeah. don't believe anything that can become an aerial assault they were calling them spheres down there like we don't want you to have any any spheres to throw and i'm like okay we're my daughter just wants to get some autographs you can't do anything anymore
2: no we're being so safe that you can't bring a deflated and it's one of the autograph footballs with the white panels on it you can't bring that in to get a souvenir it's like they don't want you to have the souvenir anymore i wasn't upset but i do miss the paper tickets because like you i save all that stuff so i have all you know every game i've been to that i had a ticket for i have it still and i like to keep that stuff and then yeah now you just get them on your whatever cell phone and you never even get to see
1: it yeah and i think that you know as big of i'm into memorabilia music sports life really right but it has to be personal it has it can't just be going online and buying a jersey with a letter of authenticity right it's got to be somebody we know that you got to watch them sign it and personalize it like this book right here hendo just came out with the book so i want a personalized copy with hendo to where i might take that book and open it up and take the sleeve off of it and make a, a shadow box with it someday with pictures of hendo and us at a you know whether it's at his barbecue his pig roast a hunt camp wherever we're with hendo we get pictures right so like i want personal stuff like that on on walls of different dwellings you know in the future have you read any of that book yet yeah i've read like the first three chapters you have yeah and, and i had him on the podcast yesterday. You did? It's hilarious. Yeah, he's on for, we did an out, like almost over 90 minutes, a little over 90 minutes yesterday. What does he do now?
2: He's retired, I obviously. I, oh, you did? I asked
1: him that on the podcast. I said, Hendo, what do you do now? Because the podcast started and he's like moving around. It looked like he was in a boat. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm sitting on my couch trying to get my computer stabilized on this stack of pillows. And I'm like, is that all you do is sit on the couch now? And he's like, no, F you. And he just, he does a lot of appearances. For UFC, Bellator, Monster, a bunch of sponsors. And then he has his gym. And now he's building his brewery, his distillery. And his he's going to have that huge barbecue house. Just a sports bar meets a country bar meets a brewery meets a distillery with all these spirits, beers. In Southern California? It's going to be in Temecula. Oh, wow. That'll be cool. You're going to go to the Grand Opening? When is it? He's talking about having it sometime down in before New Year. And then I'm begging him not to do the grand opening until March, like right before turkey season starts, so I can go to it because it's going to be awesome. I bet. And we're a part of it too. We've been lucky enough to been asked to come in as an investor on it, and I'm excited as heck, dude. It's got a stage, amphitheater. It's all cut off from his gym, so you know that gym smell, that that dirty jock smell, the sweaty socks, the singlets. yeah. It's wrestlers stink, right? And fighting fighting gyms, all gyms stink. So it's all cut off, but there's a huge glass wall that if you want, you can watch the octagon. So, there'll be, like, fight nights or people practicing. And if you want to go over there and see, like, real live action MMA going on. But it's totally separated from the establishment where the the food's going to be served. Hmm. So, to, like, wrap around and go upstairs from the bottom and you can get up on top of the gym and look down through glass. There'll be bars downstairs and upstairs, amphitheater, Traegers that are going to be hooded in. They'll have hoods inside the restaurant where they're going to be smoking meat. And it's going to be freaking awesome. Hmm. He's got an unbelievable chef that's going to be his executive chef. He's got a great sous chef. And Temecula's hot. Wine country. The wine country there is a good destination. That's where a lot of foodies go. There's I don't even know of, where it is, to be honest. Temecula is kind of like the in the mountains between San Diego and L.A. So, if you took the one from San Diego all the way up, or maybe the five, all the way to to uh, L.A., you know, along the coast. Yeah. Temecula would be to to your north and to your east a little bit back up in the mountains above San Diego. It's only about 45 minutes from San Diego. That's where he lives, huh? Yeah, he's born he's lives in Temecula. It looks nice. That's where his fight camps been.
2: Apparently right there's already. a wildfire burn there right now.
1: Yeah, it's in those mountains so there's always a fear of that and do the the properties down there the way they're spread out through they're really really beautiful big elaborate house, his house, his pad, his pool, his hot tub, is out his swim up bar. Legit. Like, that's kind of what I designed mine after, but I'm <laughs> nowhere near his level. His has got big waterfall coming down into the pool. The hot tub's built into the ground above the pool. Hmm. So, you can jump off the hot tub into the pool if you want. Wow. And go back and forth. And then you just swim up and he's got stools in the water made out of cement, you know, that you sit on at the bar. Like they do in
2: Mexico and stuff.
1: Yeah, just a regular swim up bar. Hmm. Which is kind of what I did here, but not at the same level pretty close it's almost the same but different
2: right you don't need all that anyway
1: going so to you tried to pick up colt mckivitt six foot six three hundred and fifteen 320 pounds he's probably 315 after a game but he was 320 after the meal we had that night yeah a pacific catch thank you for hosting us what a great meal the sushi was great that's kind of an all-around good menu. They had some. Yeah. They had a good mixture of burgers, salads, chicken sushi strips, rolls, chicken, different chicken dishes, different fish dishes, Pacific Sush. catch, Santa Clara, California. Thank you for the meal. It was a great time. But you try to pick up a starting right tackle in the NFL, Colton McKivitz, number sixty-eight on the San Francisco 49ers. I have the picture. Of that wasn't it. very smart, hernia? was it? You got a hernia.
2: No, I, I thought I got him all the way off the ground, but it turns out I don't even think I had any. But if 3 that was a lot of weight. Dude. When was the last time you lifted weights? Well, I packed my brother's deer off the mountain last year. I mean, I'm you an active over, person. You put it over your shoulders? I packed it out in a pack.
1: Well, yeah, you cut the hind quarters off and packed yeah. the quarter out?
2: Yeah, 100 pounds probably. Well,
1: that's not bad. Yeah. So- packing 100 pounds. But there's no
2: reason to believe I should be able to lift 315 pounds. And it's kind of awkward, too, because he's really big. But I pick a
1: lot of people. I picked you up like that. Remember that guy's wedding? I like – that's my favorite pose, you know, with a – First off, I love Colton and Abby. Thank you, Colton and Abby, for hosting us again. Um, All the players were cool. Bosa, Kittle, Purdy, Charlie Warner. Warner, uh, the linebacker. Fred, what a stud he was. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best linebackers in the game. Was so nice to Alyssa. And us. But what a great experience to get to say hi to those players, you know, because football is kind of different because unless you're like a Tom Brady, you know, and there's other ones that are recognizable, right? I'm not saying that football players aren't recognizable, but of all, all the sports, hockey and football are the least recognizable, right? Because they're always in helmets, right? So like a lineman who gets very little notoriety, you know, Kelsey, his brother on the Phillies is getting notoriety with the podcast and with you know, some endorsement deals. And there's been some linemen through the years, Tony Saraguso, rest in peace, Tony, other ones that have gotten some notoriety. But for the most part, the only way you would know Colton's on the 49ers down there is because he's a mammoth of a man.
2: I was going to say the size of
1: him. Yeah. You assume he's on the football team. But
2: like Purdy wasn't a big guy.
1: Like if you saw that, dude. Purdy, you know, who are you reminding me of his build and his haircut and his face and his jaw and everything? Hmm. Think hard of another professional athlete that we know. Posey. He reminded me of Buster Posey, yeah. but even Posey's more stout than Purdy. Yeah, Purdy's, yeah, he did. He, Purdy yeah. needs to get hot again, dude. He needs to get hot again. He did not
2: play but well. It, it's like Colton said. They're five and three and number one in their division, so I they're they having a tough be, they could stretch. Be a no, they, no, they could should be a, no. be. a lot of things I read. A lot of people thought they were going to be. They were Super Bowl favorites. You know, I think they week still three. could be,
1: but man, they're. Sure. They better use this bye week as a, a way to get reunited with each other and get on the same page. And Shanahan, they got to start calling a better game. There, There's some plays where I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about that, football, but that's the wrong play to call. When we were driving back down, well, I say we, I'm I'm not even a huge
2: 49er fan, but there I was. But when we were driving back down and we're, you know, we were on like the 20 or whatever, and he threw that stupid little pass that got intercepted, at that point, well, you saw a bunch of people leave because they knew it was over. Like, if we would have scored right there, that's anybody's game and – did it ruin it for you that they lost? I mean, it didn't ruin for me. I mean, but it would I have been better if, it would, if they would if
1: won. It would have won. been a better aura yeah, after. Yeah. Because a loss, especially a third loss in a row for yeah. a team that's supposed to be on fire, it's going to kill the aura. Not many of them are going to want to hang out. What was the Bengals' record going into that? Do you know? I think they've won four in a row, so they're probably four and three. I think they started the season 0 oh and 3. Because in the years past. Joe Burroughs is a stud, though. Yeah. He, he played
2: well. They've not been great in the past, but it seems like they're pretty good this year. So, I mean, not the worst thing in the world that we lost to them, but it would have been better if they won for sure. I always hate when there's opposing team fans. We were close to quite a few of them, and they were all talking smack I like, it. Smack when I like won.
1: it. I like it to where – and it's fun smack talking, though. They're not yeah. like Raiders fans. Raiders fans will, like, get in your dish and try to insult you and then try to beat you up in the parking lot. I think Niners fans are faithful. There was a Red Sea there, but – there are certain teams in the NFL that travel well, even college teams travel well, Oh yeah, you know, and you show up and you're like, damn, dude, a lot of people spent money to come out to Vegas. I mean, Vegas is a destination, but even at UNR football games back in the day, there was teams that traveled well, whether it was Boise State or Utah, obviously UNLV, mm-hmm. um, Iowa travels well. When they go on there, Ohio State fans, when the Buckeyes go on the road, they travel well. Fresno usually here draws a pretty good crowd because it's close. It's pretty close. Yeah. They just drive. Over. I mean, des- Reno's a destination for a place like Fresno to get out of the armpit of the world, literally. And to
2: come gamble <laughs> and for And then a- come to the other armpit of the world <laughs> yeah. and
1: gamble in the armpit of the world. Come to the uh, lower knee. God, we can't. We're not going to go off on a Reno tangent. Um, the construction job that we bitch about all the time right here, You know, the, just how dangerous it is. Clint, yeah. we're driving home. The whole trip's perfect. We, there's a sign sticking out too far and luckily it was a fabricated sign and not one of the metal ones. Smokes Clint's left driver's side, side mirror, shatters it. No way. The one with the heating element in it slams it, you know, back against the truck, pull it out and we see the glass and we're just like this fucking construction crew. Nothing you could do. It's like a merging lane and you're merging and that thing's sticking out too far. And if you took a picture and said, hey, you're paying for this, they'd be like, yeah, sue us. We'll see how yep, never fast this gets too, you know, tied up in court if you want to take it that far.
2: Yeah, I didn't know they were starting to work on the other side. That's why this morning I figured I had plenty of time with the traffic going the other way, but now they're working on that side of the road now, so it's all backed up, and
1: yeah, yeah, we don't need to go on Reno tangent again. So the way to do a football game is – I want to be on the sidelines someday. I want to be down there close to the sidelines so I can hear and be, because in football, I always have said it's better to watch football and fighting on TV, but I had a good time watching that live. The game moves in ways to where you got to be on your game watching it. And our view in the player section was good in the family section, but still you got to be in TV. You're getting the replays all the time. And it just seems like it's an easier game to stay in tune with. When you're watching it, Mm -hmm. you know, like baseball live. I mean, a 70 year old lady can take a scorecard in there and keep score. Yeah. Not that it's now people are going to go, cause it's a boring game. No, it's not. It's a very unbelievable game. Best game in the world. Best athletes in the world. Great. Um, I'm going to take some shit for that. But you know, football is hard to watch live. Just like UFC. Like you, the the energy is what you go for. It's that aura and the energy. And, but there's no way you can just like stay in tune with the game the whole time.
2: Well, Tough being in the end zone, too, because you're watching, you know, the first half we were watching, the 49ers were coming towards us, and it's hard to see what's going on that far away, you know. Not that it's far away, but it's 100 yards away when they're at the other side, you know, or 150, depending. And But then it's also, you know, you're having fun, and, you know, that guy that was sitting in front of us was laughing, and, you know, we were all cutting up and just – you're not, like, intensely staring at the game, you know. You're actually – having a good time yeah, and and, it's
1: almost like you're going off the the roar of the crowd like oh right. what happened and you're like and then you got kind of catch the play and it's like a pitch pass or it's a, a, a draw and the guy's gaining some yards but a lot of the game happens fast yeah those at they're just a different breed dude they're a different breed of athlete man those linemen are so strong on every play isn't it funny how you meet colton and you're like he's such a sweetheart of a dude and then but it, tell me this he talks shit on me to me everybody does why is it always to me we've discussed it before but let's discuss it again because i was like i put together this crew you text me you're all nice about it all the time and then i get down here and you shred me in front of my group it's weird
2: i I mean maybe should we look within yourself have you been shredding him at all maybe via text or anything Uh, nothing really no
1: no like i'm talking like it's always
2: like he was just on attack mode huh
1: yeah i don't know like if he feels like he's got to get me before I get him, kind see, of see that's I what did.
2: that's what I'm wondering. You know, maybe that's maybe there was something last time you guys hung out where
1: we. You I'm not give him a that, I'm not jab. saying that we don't talk a little smack, but dude, this trip specifically, he was on one to get me. It was pretty funny. He had some pretty good things. He is a
2: nice guy too, man. Oh to, man, he's cool.
1: All of them are. Charlie Warner, that guy from the University of Georgia, the tight end, yeah, number eighty nine. Dude, he is a freaking stud. Did they play each other? College time? Would you say he went to Charlie Auburn came or something? Out in twenty twenty, and Colton came out in, a little bit before that. I think he's a little older. I don't know if West Virginia would play Georgia. I don't know. That's the Big Twelve against the SEC. Is, they have but, to see each other at some point, right? And I don't know. Hmm. I guess they. I mean, they do play out of league. There's out of league games. I don't know. I'm sure West Virginia has played Georgia in the past decade, but I don't. Again, I don't follow football. Yeah, I really don't either. I'm glad we went though. I'm glad that that. It's like another element of what we do. Like, we get to experience that in a way to where it made it fun for me. Yeah. Because I don't – like, I don't know – I bet you I've been to less than five NFL football games in my whole life. And some of those are preseason. Yeah. But I would go again. Would you go again that way? Yeah, yeah. I want to go on a win. Because you know that the – I wonder how long you're allowed to tailgate after a win. Do you think they all would have hung out? I don't know. It depends on – Performance it depends on injury. Like kidd'll come out and he's banged up and wrapped yeah, up, but he's still up. nice enough to say hello and um but yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of them wanted to hang out after a loss like that. I think they need to and maybe a coach walks out and they see players, you know, hanging out after a loss, it's probably shunned down on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might not be, they, but again, coaches probably don't want players wearing that loss for too long. You got to get it behind you and get reset. And after this bye week, which the Niners are on a bye this coming Sunday, or I guess they play football on Thursday, Sunday, Monday now. Um, they probably just want them to shred it, you know, shed it off and get back to work. We didn't see any of the coaches, did we? One did that was a coach, two maybe. Two of them. One guy was dressed in a really nice suit. I think he was a coach. Oh, and there, there was the one. Yeah, with Jerry the, Rice was there. You thought you saw him getting into a truck and leaving. Yeah, uh, Joe
2: Montana was there when I, I told somebody we were at that game, and they said, "Did you see Joe Montana?" Well, yeah, when
1: you guys were in line getting the first round of beers, he got on the microphone and welcomed everybody. And oh, said, really? Are you ready? Yeah,
2: we could talk for a minute about that. Holy cow! What? I mean, I get that they don't use that stadium a lot, but their the service there was rough man what was rough just the the first drink we got man it was that that was the worst it was the worst bartending or you know experience i don't know i don't know if the worst but you wait wait in this crazy line crazy then they've only got two people like you would think you would know better than that but then it's like the guy moved with no purpose we could go down this path again but just he didn't care it was like he was filling up the glass one at a time to get ice right and then it was like they're not gonna pour the drink till you pay so then he got it he has to get the credit card thing out and he's got to ring them all up and then so now here's a funny thing we could talk about too so now you want me to pay and tip without seeing your performance right so he's not made a single drink but you're obligated to this you know 20 25 percent tip that's automatically pops up why are you obligated to well you're not but i mean well, think about it. So you give him no tip, and now how's your drink going to be? I well, mean,
1: well, you don't pay before the drink.
2: do yes, you? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Really? He didn't. He he put ice in four cups, and then he gets the credit. Nope, didn't pour any you booze. Should have
1: said something like, "Let me see the pours before I put the right, tip." Right. There.
2: But yeah, he pulled the credit card thing
1: out, rang you it gotta up. You got to make sure you got to make sure you know, they know you're watching them. Right. Otherwise, they're they're probably trained to freaking short pour you. Short pour you.
2: Oh, dude, it was. Did you think that was a good drink? I mean, it was I know the worst I ever had. It was Pepsi. and I was some, so
1: mad at you. And I didn't go, hey, man, you forgot to order a good drink, oh, man. man. Where's the Deemer box? We could be listening <laughs> to it during the yeah, game.
2: I actually do think I, maybe not those type of things, but definitely some rude remarks for having purchased a $17 terrible drink for you. Uh, but not to you. I no, just said that's know. a bad drink. It was bad, too. I didn't go, what are you thinking? You should
1: have stood over there and grabbed the bottle from him.
2: So they have a big sign that says spirits, and they literally had one kind of whiskey, one kind of tequila, and I think one kind of vodka. Those were the spirits you could have. And then on top of it, it's $17 for one drink.
1: That's the problem with professional sports, in my opinion. <laughs> and how do they keep getting the amount of money being made? Those tickets are at least a hundred for top of the upper deck, top row nosebleeds. The, 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 they're more than that,
2: dude. The, Did you look them up? No, but one of the people that was at the bar afterwards, uh, he was telling us that – he was kind of complaining that there's nothing to do in the town after the game, and he was from the Bay, and how much better it was when you were in San Francisco because you could just walk over into the city and party and do whatever, right? And he says, and he said they're literally the top seat, two hundred twenty bucks to go to a game,
1: top, top of the. So I wonder if
2: nosebleeds. we because
1: I kind of did a fast look that day, just seeing kind of where where there were just like seventy five thousand people, or what what is the capacity. What is the capacity of Levi Stadium for a football game? Sixty eight thousand five hundred. Sold out. They're yeah. sold out every game. Oh yeah. Um so you do the math on that, just the ticket sales. If they're if let's just say they're a hundred top row, yeah, and ours down low are probably four hundred. I mean, there's probably like five hundred dollar seats in there. Oh yeah. Do the math. Well, there's boxes too, right? Oh yeah, boxes for big sponsors like that sponsor that that company that we sit with at the Giants games with Will. Yeah, yeah, they have a box at the at the Santa Clara. Oh, do they game. really? Yeah, they're just cranking. I did. And then, the- and then all the concessions and all the merch, the team store, the line being a mile long. Which well, do the, the profit? The profit they're making on that parking. I mean, what? Wonder what it cost to park where we parked. Oh, dude, it's right fifty bucks for the game. Maybe more. How much to park at Levi Stadium Green Lot One? If you just said the average was one
2: hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket there, they'd make ten point two million dollars just in seats. And the average is not one hundred fifty. The average is much higher than that. Think about what they make on drinks at seventeen dollars a whack. Oh dude. How much were the nachos you bought? Twelve bucks? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Fifteen, <laughs> I think.
2: Yeah. So I mean they that, probably
1: that line took way too long. in oh my a game. God. Ha- and halftime goes by so fast.
2: The whole game went felt fast to me. Did it feel fast? It was like we were there and it was like it was over. Maybe just felt that they, way. But think fun. about how
1: short a football game is. It's one hour. Yeah, it's one hour with a 15 minute halftime.
2: And I always thought halftime was a half hour.
1: No, it's always been 15 or 20 minutes. But maybe for the Super Bowl, they extend it for the for the Indiana show. And Jackson, all that stuff. Showing off. But um, it does, it's not a long game. I mean, it obviously whistles, and, and it takes longer than
2: Timeouts that. Timeouts and all but that, But as far yeah. as
1: the official time of play, it's an hour. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening to Breaking It Down. This Life Ain't For Everybody, brought to you by the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. We're going to break for a real quick commercial. Thank you all very much honesty flat sucks i'm just saying that in adulthood and real life and making money and revenue and paying bills and those stresses dude it's real and people aren't going to pick up the pieces for it
0: surround yourself with positive influences and brands that support our way of life like benelli american almond beef jack daniels and bad boy mowers chad belding and alex crosby will collect themselves and return after the break
1: Hey everybody, you know we are a huge fan of Jack Daniels. Not just their product, but their mission, their culture. Lynchburg, Tennessee, the people. And we want to introduce you to the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. Join us at jackdaniels.com and learn about the Single Barrel Program. Visiting Lynchburg, Tennessee. Participating in a barrel tasting, a whiskey tasting. Picking your favorite flavor. Whether it's the burn in your mouth. Whether it's the maple. Whether it's the different combination of flavors that you are going to experience in each of the distinct bottles of Jack Daniel's single barrel you're going to be able to choose the best one your favorite one and purchase that entire barrel it all comes bottled in individual single barrel bottles you get your own hanging name tag brand tag your logo on it you can give them away as gifts go knock on the door of a landowner and say thank you for letting me hunt your field there's so many options with the Jack Daniel's single barrel program we're proud to be part of it we have introduced it to so many of our friends and family across the country whether it was at a business whether it was at a duck lodge whether it was at a conservation event it is truly an awesome program learn more about it at jackdaniels.com the single barrel program we've been involved for the last five years i'm looking at two of my barrels right now we just got our 2023 barrel in the single barrel rye absolutely mesmerizing my brother clint's old fashions with it speak for themselves it's the jack daniels single barrel program check it out learn about it i hope you decide to visit lynchburg tennessee and get your own barrel thank you very much it's called benelli's the foul eye, for a reason we love benelli they are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns all shotguns for that matter in my opinion but when you start talking about duck blinds goose blinds lay down blinds panel blinds pit blinds the debris the wear and tear everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season whether it's a 60-day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in canada alberta saskatchewan and follow the migration south some of us myself included hunt over 120 days a year and every single time i squeeze that benelli trigger it goes bam i'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family and when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge and 28 gauge, whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform, they're simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the Fowl Life. they are 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship thank you Benelli thank you all for supporting Benelli and I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good that Benelli dealer that store and say let me shoulder that super black eagle and now you can do it in so many gauges the sub gauges included we're fired up good luck this season stay safe out there and shoot straight shoot Benelli We've had the provider mentality for a long time. Growing up and watching dad and mom cook wild game, whether it was an Italian lasagna or a spaghetti, I watched in awe and I couldn't wait to be old enough to do it. Then we got to travel and meet all of these different chefs at all these different lodges in Argentina and Uruguay or Paraguay or Arkansas or Missouri or Chef Mark Lindsay who you hear on the podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody, a lot up in Minnesota at Trapper's Landing, part of the Reeds family of brands. And I started to learn so many different unorthodox, out-of-the-box, ways of preparing Mr. Billy Bogey's Smothered Deer Steak at Prairie Wings Duck Club in Arkansas or the Duck Empanadas at Duck Guides of Argentina. And they all became part of the Provider Cookbook, the Provider Mentality. At TheProviderLife.com, our rubs, our original 10 in the Ultimate Pack, including the swine and the flaky, the spawn, the drop time, the foul, the crosshairs, the Brit, the dragon, the Sonora. Then we introduced the Brand Beef Rub and the Mother clucking Chicken Rub. And you can find recipes at TheProviderLife.com. Check out the Provider TV on the My Outdoor TV app, MoTV, part of the Outdoor Sportsman's Group and the Outdoor Channel family of brands we got more coming we got so much more coming good luck out in the field good luck out on the rivers I hope you get those wild turkey nuggets in that pickle juice right away and get ready to throw down with some different rubs on them the provider lifestyle we're so honored to live it thank you Lord for letting us be outdoorsmen, hunter, gatherers, conservationists and providers again theproviderlife.com thank you for visiting
0: Welcome back to Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, The Breaking It Down Edition with Chad Belding and Alex Crosby, where the boys dish money-saving betting tips that'll impress the likes of Dave Ramsey.
1: I always bet scared, and you can't gamble scared. I'm the same
2: way. Like Even last year, I was going to make Super Bowl bets because there's also that other kind of argument like if you got a couple bucks on the line, sometimes it's fun to watch the games like that, but I don't even want to waste the 20 bucks I was going to waste on this.
0: Crank up your Deemer box and pour a double shot of Jack into your flask cap. And let's rejoin Chad and Alex.
2: I saw a funny stat. Like, baseball actual in play is like 11 minutes, you know. If you were to take every time the ball was in play, but the games take like two and a half hours. Yeah, they used to take
1: three and a half without these new rules. Right. I kind of like the new rules in baseball. I'm not, I don't hate them. I thought I would. The pitch clock and like the tradition of calling time out or stepping out of the box. But all those nuances and... What is the word I'm looking for? All those superstitions and nuances that players have were taking up a lot of time to where you would think the owners would vote that down to keep people in the park longer. But I think that the mindset now is that it's more exciting. It's faster moving. So people are more willing to go to more games, spending more money, buying more beer, buying more merch, Mm -hmm. parking, all of the things that do because it doesn't go on and on and on. And I think that that was one of the biggest complaints about baseball. It never bothered me because I like sitting through a game and watching it and strategizing with it. But it is it's I don't hate the new rules in baseball. I, I would I, all I would be curious to know
2: is how much time did they really save? You know, oh, they, they're they're shaving an hour off of every game. Now. Are they really the average? Wow. Yeah. Just from like the mound conferences and guys stepping out of the
1: box and stuff like that. And the pitcher count is like 15 seconds now. You can't sit there. They're, 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 they've ran clocks of pitchers last year and this year whenever it started, and it's like literally a minute in between a pitch. Really? Yeah. Looking at it, sh- shaking it off, looking at it, looking, right. at analyzing. Uh, now it's kind of just throw it, and, and and you can't just like bring a guy in and like he throws five pitches and gets a guy out, and then you're like, oh, I got a lefty coming up. I need to get a lefty in. That, a pitcher's got to throw to a minimum of three hitters now, no matter where you're at as a you know as a. I guess a closer does. And if you come in as the closer with two outs in the ninth, obviously that doesn't right. count. But like you, you said, you can't bring a guy in to throw to a right-handed guy and then pull yeah.
2: him and bring like in a left-handed. Like last night the playoff
1: down. game, Rangers game three of the world series, Rangers and Diamondbacks, which is a great series so far. And the Rangers beat them three to one last night in Arizona in game three to go up two to one. Chapman comes in. Chapman's still throwing hundred miles God, hour. he's good still. He's not that good though. He gets hit a lot. He gets hit a lot. And when he's, he did good last night, but he gave up a run, the first run of the game. Yeah In the seventh or eighth inning, he gives up a run, walking a guy, base hit, but then he comes and gets, you know, he throws some sliders and some nasty outside cut fastballs at 100, 101. But usually he probably would have been taken out after that first walk. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have his stuff. You know, Bochy probably comes out and gets him gone, but he can't. He has to throw three batters. Which is kind of cool. It let's the lets the pitcher get out of his own
2: thing if he can. A lot yeah, of pitchers and, and sometimes and can. And moves the
1: game along a little bit right. more. Who are you going for? Are you Rangers or Diamondbacks? I love Bochi. Yeah, but me I also too. like that our you know. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Aces games. Our AAA. A lot of our Reno players from last season, not twenty three but twenty two, are playing in the major league. They're right. playing in the World Series right now. And that's kind of cool. Um, but I like I like everything about the scrappiness of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're never out of a game or a series, and that's kind of what they built it on, um, is being the underdog all the time. But I love Bruce Bochy. I mean, the guy won three series with the Giants in 2010, 2012, 2014. He took the Padres of the World Series, I believe, in 98, didn't win it. And now he's going to take, now he's there with an American league team. His first year as manager and they were been shitty lately. Mm-hmm. And he turns that club around and they go through the playoffs like this. They had to beat Tampa Bay. That means they had to go to Tampa Bay. That's the best out of five series, right? Um, then they got to go to Baltimore, which is one of the hottest teams in the major leagues this year, the a hundred game winner. And they knock off Baltimore with having to go there a couple times to, to Camden Yards in Baltimore. Then, They go up against the Houston Astros, which are one of the hottest teams in baseball the last decade, even though they're cheaters, (laughs) a lot Hmm. of people say. But now they got to go up against the Astros, which are dominating this season, 100-game winner. And they got to go to Minute Maid Park in Houston, and I think it's still called Minute Maid Park, and beat them. So they beat the Rays, which were hot, the Orioles, which were hot, and then the Astros. Which were hot, and then on the other side, the Diamondbacks had to do the same shit. Right. I mean, they had to beat the Dodgers. They were six. They had to beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Six spot wild card. The Diamondbacks were. Yeah, they were way down there. Way they, down. Uh, and they're just scrappy.
2: I like Bo- I feel the same way you do. I like Bochi. I think it'd be cool if he won. But then, yeah, it's like, how do you? How are we not really supporting the Diamondbacks when our, you know, AAA and, a- ball again? Okay, like when
1: I'm watching sports now, I, I, I'm not a fanatic. Yeah, and I'm so happy. I'm so blessed. Not to be a fanatic, yeah. which is a good conversation to maybe – I don't know how long we've been going. we got some time left. But, dude, fanatics are weird. If you base your existence on your love of a team, I think you need to be a better athlete. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It is nuts, dude. It's crazy that people dress up – and again, look, to each their own. Do you. Be you. But, man, if you're willing to go to those lengths and those depths to support a team – just because you're from that city or just because you played for the Astros and T-ball. I mean, my first team ever was the Royals. I love the Royals. I see George Brett on the game last night. Mm-hmm. They said, speaking of baseball royalty and George Brett's up and I'm, and I text George right there and I'm like, they just called you baseball royalty. Pretty cool. Mm. Um, which he is. And the other yeah. night they were comparing freaking Seeger on the Rangers to George Brett. Harold Reynolds was on the pregame. Talking about this guy reminds me of George Brett, how scrappy is and how he hits for power, he hits for average, he's a hard out, he doesn't strike out, and then he struck out last night, you did. But I love when people talk about George Brett because he's one of the greatest of all time. I think Colton
2: was jamming you up a little bit about that, wasn't he, Dinner? What was he saying? Well, just because you publicly you state that baseball is the hardest game ever and baseball players are the best athletes, and then he
1: started jamming you up and then – I don't say that it's the hardest game ever. Hitting a baseball is scientifically proven to be the hardest thing to do in sports. I say that baseball players as a whole are better athletes than any other conglomerate of athletes in any other professional sport. Hockey being a close second. Eye-hand coordination, skill, core strength. Football players are strong as hell. Mm-hmm. They're unbelievable at what they do. But if you take Mike Trout and put him in pads and let him run a nine route, he's going to look like a football player. Mm -hmm. You put a golf club in his hand and let him swing at top golf or on a course, he's going to look like a golfer. If you put him in a swimming pool and have him swim a 50 freestyle, breaststroke, backstroke, I don't care, he's going to look like a swimmer. He's not going to beat Michael Phelps, but he's going to look like a swimmer and an athlete in the pool. You put a ping pong table in his hand or a tennis racket and put him on the court or at a table, he's going to look like a ping pong table or a tennis player. You put Michael Jordan in a batting cage after being the best basketball player in the history of the game. He didn't look like a baseball player. Yeah. He didn't even look, he didn't even know how to hold the bat. No, no offense to Michael Jordan because he's the greatest of all time. I'm a huge fan, but he did not look like a baseball player. He looked uncomfortable as hell. Now, did he do a great thing for that Birmingham team? Hell yeah. And the Chicago White Sox organization? Hell yeah. And he was on, you know, on his hiatus and then made his comeback and wore the jersey number 45 for the Chicago Bulls. And he's the greatest athlete of probably the most influential athlete of all time in the history of the world. Muhammad Ali is always put in there because of his worldwide fame. But Michael Jordan was worldwide the greatest of all time. Yeah. In my opinion, athlete. Now he's not a better athlete than Bo Jackson. I'm just calling him an athlete because of who he was. But if you take these football players, now Colton is a great athlete, but my bet is that if you take the top baseball players against the top football players and you put them in an Olympic style contest, You gotta dribble a basketball, do a layup and shoot a jump shot. You gotta run a fly pattern, put your pinkies together, catch a football, throw a football. You gotta get in a pool and swim there and back. You gotta get a ping pong table. You gotta get a fencing sword. You gotta get a, now you gotta get a baseball bat. Now you gotta get a glove on and go fill the ground ball. It's the hardest thing to do in sports. Mm -hmm. Now hockey players on skates, forward, backwards, hitting that puck at that fastest speed. Amazing athletes. They're always great golfers. My money is on baseball players. If you take the top conglomerate of baseball players out of the league and put them in an Olympic style deal against every top female, every top female athlete, softball players, baseball players against all the other sports, they're better athletes as a whole based on all those skills. It's a weird argument, but when you break it down that way, I'm not saying that a baseball player is going to go be in the NFL and be better than Andre Risen was or Jerry Rice at receiver or Emmitt Smith or Barry Sanders at running back or Howie Long at defensive end. You know, I'm not saying that Erlacher could be beat by Mike Trout in the linebacker position. I'm saying that if you put Mike Trout out there, he's going to look like a linebacker and make some tackles. Mm -hmm. Erlacher ain't going to make contact with the baseball. And he's not going to put a glove on and go have depth perception and be able to run down a ball in the gap and climb a wall and catch it. Michael, or I keep saying Trout, but there's tons of athletes. You take Mookie Betts or you take Seager, you take some of these guys that are playing the game of baseball today. Their eye hand coordination, their foot speed, their agility, their core strength, their balance, their depth perception, their vision. It's amazing. And I know that people are going to go, you're an idiot. You're an asshole. But... I'm telling you, if you break down baseball players and you put them in all those different athletic events, they outshine and outwork and outperform all the other athletes. And hockey, I think I think hockey's there, but I don't think that it's across the board because there's a lot of Europeans in there that would not be able to play any of those other sports. And now, look, you can't say, well, they get 10 weeks to practice. No, I'm talking now. You take Michael Trout out of the Angels lineup and put boxing gloves on him and put him in a sparring match with a boxer, he's going to look like a boxer. He's going to be able to jab. He's going to be able to cross. He's going to fake. His footwork's going to be there. He's going to jump rope like crazy. His his, his cardio is going to be there. Well, baseball players are fat and out of shape. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. They play 162 games a year. <clears throat> so, it's a little bit of a rant. But people always think, I mean, that a baseball player can jump higher than the best football player no i'm just saying the average michael trout or mike trout or these baseball players have great vertical jumps they can jump out of a gym they can dunk no problem you look at me like i'm crazy do you think i'm crazy no i just
2: i think you make a good argument i don't know I, i know i've heard some of your hockey friends argue differently with you but not too many other people could i don't think
1: i've had a lot of people walk up to me after i say that in a public forum or in a you know, hunk camp and we're talking, I never get on a high horse and go, Oh, you're an idiot. I always like, think about like, all right, I want people to understand the, the setup here. Bo Jackson said it straight to my face. Baseball's way hard. Dion said it. You could Google it right now. Somebody just sent me a link. Um, Dion said hitting a playing baseball is way harder than football. Yeah. And then you got the mentality part of it. The mental part of it. Yeah. Baseball is cool because you get to come back tomorrow and make up for an for four Monday on a Tuesday. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you can get. You don't uh, have to you think all, about it all week. But if you're also mental and you go into a deal, you're failing every night. That's even harder. Right. Baseball, you can perform and succeed three out of ten times and be considered a great. Yeah. Think about that. If you drop seven out of ten passes in the NFL, you're cut. <laughs> you're you're not you're not making the pop Warner team. Right. What are you stuck for words?
2: No, I just was tr- trying to think of. It, there isn't much of a counter argument to it because it, I think you're right. I think that baseball oh, I, I'm players. I'm not trying it. to start an
1: argument, with argument. No, no, no. I know.
2: I, I'm just trying to think if you if you wanted to play the devil's advocate, it'd be very hard to to do that in that scenario. Because and like it's, I said, I've heard the hockey guys
1: argue with you about it, but there's so many football players that can outrun baseball players. Well, no shit. You take a receiver in the NFL, they fly. But there's a lot of players in the major leagues that can fly. Right. Bo Jackson ran a 41840 with pads on he's a football player too but yeah the, the argument's not that they're the baseball's the hardest sport in the world which it is very hard it's very difficult it's a mental F show truly. Yeah, dude, you think you're an athlete? Go up and stand in that box and see 99 cutting away from you, oh, or one that just got at your chin, and then they come back with an 88 was, mile an hour changeup. After, see, dude, got hit in the leg, at 104
2: back of the. Can, can you imagine stepping back into a box like you said yeah. the next day? You just wore that thing on your hamstring at 104, and you got to get back in the box. Sometimes that game, or many times he, that what game. What if he
1: never hit you though, and he threw it right down yeah, the pipe just, at 104? Yeah, you and just, you got to react to it. Yeah.
2: It's just all those things come into it.
1: And then they just take him out and put another guy in that's coming from a submarine position from the left side now, like a a left handed Dan Quisenberry. And all of a sudden you're like, what the now I got to adjust to this and adapt. Right is kind of like it's a timing deal, and the quarterback says hike, and the guy takes six steps, cuts in, and he knows as soon as he cuts in, that ball's in his dish. Turn your head and catch the ball. That's what's cool about the NFL is that it's not like he waits for that guy to start the crossing pattern and then goes one, two, three. No, that ball's on the way. They're amazing athletes. Yeah. So is John McEnroe. So is Tennis, so yeah. is Greg Leganis. Yeah. So is okay, here's another hard sport that you don't even put in the equation motocross. The highest heart rate in all of extreme sports. Racing that fast for that many laps with your forearms tight. You're, they, they say your heart rate's like at 180, 160 for like all those laps. Hey, that's very hard.
2: I, I ride a dirt bike, dude, and I can tell you that not even anywhere near that, your arms are freaking jello, jello seconds. Jello. Then so those that, guys do it that, hard. That's
1: another part of the argument is that can a football player, a baseball player, basketball player go strap on a snowboard and go down a half pipe and, 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 and look like Scotty Lego or Sean White? I don't know, but that's I think different. that the baseball player ones are the ones that are going to get on that thing and carve down a hill. I don't think anybody's going to drop in on a half pipe and do a double indie, no, like David Wise does on skis and freestyle skiing and win a gold medal for the U.S. Olympic team. I'm not saying that, but I just think that baseball players are going to be able to ski better than any of them. But then you got hockey that's on skates like that. I just think that the, the baseball players are going to adapt and be able to shred and cut more than the other athletic groups. Yep. BMX guys though, those guys are amazingly built. They're they're ripped. They're shredded. They they are amazing athletes, jumping through the air and the the, the bumpy bumps, the loop de loo's or whatever they call them. Whoops, the whoops like that <laughs> shit is. I've ridden dirt bikes a lot. It's hard. Yeah. So you got that whole class of athletes that you got to bring into the mix because because now you're dealing with something that is so specialized. There's not one baseball player that can do what Travis Pastrana does. No. You know what I say? So that's Into whole the foam pit, maybe. That's a whole other part of the uh, of the argument. Then you take fighting. Fighters are don't look like very good athletes. Most of them. Some of them are. Like Cody, Cody Stanham, he looks like an athlete when he dribbles a basketball. Conor McGregor didn't even know. He might as well have a football bat. Right. I mean, he didn't even know how to hold a basketball but he knocked you out in under a minute Mm -hmm. it's a it's a cool argument and a cool comparison i just think baseball players are going to be able to evolve into the better athlete you know if they got to say all right i'm going skiing tomorrow they're going to be able to get on skis and read it and be like all right i can shred my 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 body my agility is and my balance has taught me to do this i just think they're better suited for that shit yeah now the riding the motorcycle one that's anybody's ball game that could be anybody's ball (laughs) game
2: (laughs) but you Uh, gotta have you gotta same with any of that stuff, you got to have the big cojones to do it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, well, that you rode skateboards it. back in the day. You nope. know, how, you know how quick you can break your ankle on one of those. Or
1: that kind just- of stuff is on a different level to me, based on the fear factor of mm-hmm. it. But football's fearful too. Boxing's fearful. You get in the ring against Nagano the other day, and what he did to Tyson Fury. I mean, Tyson Fury's a heavyweight champion of the world, and got smoked.
2: I didn't see any of it, but I just saw a lot of the backlash that a lot of people thought he won. But he said, uh, "Apparent or Mike Tyson said it too. Is it if you let it go to the cards, you are going to lose?" Because he's new to the new to the sport, or what not? Maybe yeah, not new to the sport.
1: Being, but <laughs> having Mike Tyson in your corner, yeah, just watching him train. Still, dude, he's still so. good. I love him so much.
2: I wanted to ask you. We started to talk about fanatics and stuff. Oh, would yeah, you would, would, would do you do ever that. would you ever have those tailgates like that? We walked by when we were going. I mean, do, those guys had like DJs out there and whole f- huge setups you, you could tell they got there probably whenever the lot opened at 5 a.m. The the one tailgate was selling merch like yeah it's nuts dude
1: I guess like if you like become like a center point or a pivotal point of like if you're known for being there right you're a fanatic so you're there every home game right you got season tickets you got your green one parking spot you got your awnings you got it set up and there's a lot of planning and there's a lot of prep and there's a lot of help Where everybody knows their role, like we discussed at the beginning of this conversation, where none of you guys knew your role, Mm -hmm. so everything gets forgotten. That was a joke. That was an undercutting joke. Um,
2: I picked up on it.
1: I'm going to say no, and here's why. I didn't miss any of it at our tailgate. I loved our tailgate. Yeah. I think that when you get into those other tailgates that there's the authenticity of them because you're bouncing so much and the music's so loud. You're drinking and you're partying. You're just partying, yeah. But you're really not enjoying each other's company. There can't be conversation because you you can't hear yourself talk. Right. And this is going to sound weak, but I don't want to be hammered during a game.
2: That too, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be out there doing shots and drinking. We had one Bloody Mary and a beer, and I felt great going into that game of like, hey, man, this is… You know, and plus I'm being responsible because there's kids around, and I don't want. I, I would never be that adult. But they're fun tailgate. I had I haven't tailgated in a long time, dude. I haven't like that was a I don't know have I? I haven't really like brought supplies into an event and set up like we did, and we and our setup was easy. Yeah. But we knew it was, and we wanted it to be. You know, we drove. We, uh, you know, a lot of those guys maybe drove an hour. An hour. Most. Yeah. We had to drive four and a half hours almost more than that with the with the last two miles yeah so if you went down there and you had it and so yeah being from here and not having a team here if you had a team that was local is my point maybe could you get into but i don't know about the whole ideology of being a fanatic of insulting somebody else's team ripping people because they or being that know-it-all of like you know the stats are this and on like, like billboard yeah dot, 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 dot. i don't know fanatics and you're living through that team and that player. And I'm going to go as far as saying that I can never even do a fantasy football league. I never have. I couldn't.
2: I don't care about it enough, to be honest. I don't.
1: And I just, okay, then taking another step in sports betting. that would I'm too nervous of a better. I'm too scared. So now it turns my nice sporting good experience into chilling out, watching the Rangers play the Diamondbacks in game three. And instead of having 10,000 riding on it and fearful that you're going to lose, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. I never, I, I always bet scared and I, you, you can't gamble scared. I'm the
2: same way. Like even last year I tried, I was going to make Super Bowl bets. Cause there's also that other kind of argument. Like if you got a couple bucks on the line, you, you know, sometimes it's fun to watch the games like that. But I got to the sports book and just, I don't know enough about it. And it's like, I don't even want to waste the 20 bucks. I was going to waste on this. But then there's people that are like, dude, they're, you know, there. You can always tell Sunday, you know, or Monday because the, the guy's got their phone to the side. They're watching the game, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not brat or jamming them up, but my brother-in-law, every Sunday, he's he's on his phone. Why? He's a huge Bears fan, and if they play during Sunday dinner, he's just he's glued to the phone. He's because most of the time there's no TV going with it, but sometimes he puts it on the TV. But it's like he's he's glued. If the Bears are on, he's watching it.
1: He's a fanatic for Chicago. Oh yeah, the worst, They're bad, aren't they?
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's for hard sure. for him to be a Bears fan right now.
1: I think they're really bad.
2: But he's also from Minnesota where it's different, dude. Like, they they take their sports differently than we do on the West Coast. You know, he, he loves it, dude. He watches all that stuff. He watches basketball, football, baseball, probably hockey. He's into it.
1: Yeah, I love sports, man. I'm playing sports, competing, team sports, individual sports. I don't like the participation award part of it. I think that we took the champion out. Of the game, which I think is the worst lesson in life that we could have ever done Mm -hmm. because it's turned a generation of people into Mm non-workers wanting everything. And I truly agree that I, I agree with that and see that when you try to hire somebody in that in these different age demographics. Now, I think that sports are meant to have a winner and to teach you about hard work and discipline and commitment and passion and not being greedy and. Knowing your role, your seat on the bus, all of that comes in early stages of competitive sports, and it, I think it translates right into life. It translates right in to life. On the other hand, you could have somebody that's an unbelievable athlete that's all God given talent that doesn't turn into a very strong leader or community leader because everything came so easy to him. Yeah. And now life comes and you're like, oh shit, I don't know what to do. Right. I don't. Nobody's throwing me a ball wait, I want to dribble, but I don't have anything to dribble. Wait, you know, like life's hard and it'll kick you in the gut and keep kicking you in the gut. It's not just roses every day, dude. No. It's stress. You know, high school, like you get into high school from middle school and you're like, man, this is hard. Classes and homework all the time. Switching and rooms. Switching rooms. Yeah. And I guess you did that a little bit in middle school. Different, but though. dude, high school's a pimple on a horse's ass compared to the rest of life.
2: Can you imagine if it was just as easy as just figuring out what classroom you had to walk into next? I remember being like so nervous about that for some reason. Like you said, you switched classes in middle school, but my middle school was you know three hallways. Then you get to high school and it's like you're looking at your room and what and and then yeah you think about what life really is like. It'd be nice just to go back and worry about what room you had to get into next. You know,
1: you know what day you're wearing your football jersey and your life. Mm-hmm. And look, that's an important part of life. Don't ever think that we're saying like, oh, that's nothing, dude. It's, high school's awesome. Oh, yeah. Every part of life is awesome. I'm just saying that in adulthood and real life and making money and revenue and paying bills and those stresses, dude, it's it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real. And and people aren't going to pick up, be there to pick up the pieces for you because they're struggling too. You think you want to be an adult until you actually get to be one and you it's all work, man. Especially when that adult tries to pick up another six foot six, 320 pound adult. I'm surprised I'm not sore at all, really you're in shape not really now think about what you did and then apply that to the wwe and people don't think those guys are athletes dude like john cena will literally pick up king kong bundy above his head remember the ultimate warrior would pick up like big john stud who weighed 320 and hold him up there for the whole crowd to go nuts and then drop him that part of i get it it's fake but a lot of that shit wasn't fake like you still had to pick a 320 pound dude up and
2: and i'm telling you that i i don't think i'd ever felt 300 pounds in that in that uh (laughs) Magnitude.
1: Now go put yourself in a football game with a helmet on and them big claws hammering your head. Every and multiple play. of them coming at you. <laughs> and that's why those linemen are always some of the most, they take up, on every play, they take the brunt of the. A running back might not even get touched on most sometimes. Right. A receiver might just run down and take the cornerback with him. Bump into a little bit down the yeah, road. Those, nothing. those linemen are getting on every play. Oh, yeah. Rushing linebackers, defensive ends that are str- – I mean, dude, could you imagine blocking Bosa? Right. That guy's built like a brick house.
2: Dude, his legs were something. Unreal. Yeah.
1: And then he puts those pads on and becomes a gladiator. Yeah. I had fun. Thank you, 49ers. Thank you, Colton McKivitz, Charlie Warner. Thank you to George Kittle and Bosa and – fred warner brock purdy for signing the ball so many people signed the ball for Alyssa and her brothers her step brothers i appreciate it we had a great time i wish the 49ers would have won i wish we would have had a Deemer box more chairs <laughs> <laughs> table <laughs> table <laughs> but now you got a checklist so you can lead that next time you could actually take charge Oh, and then on the top of it, so the whole listening audience knows, we're like your chauffeur and your in your Uber driver. Come pick me up. I offered to drive. You were going to drive out here and pick us up. You have a one seater oh, truck. That's four or five. You can't put anybody in the back seat of that thing. Maybe the kids.
2: Yeah, exactly. Tom, you
1: drive a kids' truck.
2: I do. Yeah, That's nice.
1: But we still came and
2: got you. You were on the way. <laughs> I would have had to drive we're off forty five minutes. The totally wrong direction. You could direction. have met us at Boomtown. And left my truck there all weekend? It's safe. No. Oh, At Boomtown? On. They don't even have the all-you-can-eat lobster buffet anymore. All-you-can-eat? Eat.
1: I don't know if I want an all-you-can-eat lobster buffet.
2: Were they really lobsters? <laughs> the Truckee River. They were ads.
1: <laughs> anyway, sports, competitiveness. Get involved in them. I love them. That's why I love this book by Hendo. That's a sport, wrestling. That's where community is. Is that leaders, book more about wrestling or MMA? Just his whole career. First two-time champion, strike force and Pride. Held belts in both of them. He should have been the UFC champion. He beat Michael Bisbing in part two in England in this hometown, and he got he, he knocked him down in the first round, knocked him down in the second round, took him down in the fifth round, and he did enough to win that fight. He should have finished him straight up. But there's cool pictures in here. I was a little hurt that there wasn't one of me and him. I was right just here. gonna
2: ask, did you make the cut?
1: Look at that, twenty eight years old, wins the king of kings, his first big payday, two hundred thousand dollar check. That's a UFC fight. No, just a. It was a young. Oh, like a. Yeah, it was. A, it was a you know somebody like strike force or wec starting out it was you know like these guys run these small ones in all these different towns and cities across america so the, the, you know there's different promotions all over and you know and those that's where fighters got to start right they don't just come out of a high school gym and go straight to the ufc
2: well they start in a bar somewhere usually probably
1: bar fighting and get yeah. their skills down yeah you
2: got no, to my asked hand know you got to know if you're going to be tough He told or not. me about
1: a time the only time he's ever really been challenged by a guy was in alaska 150 people live on this island. He's up there doing a hunt or a, or a fishing trip. And a guy starts a fight because he knows Hendo's in there and he starts a fight with Hendo's buddy. And Hendo chokes him out. <laughs> and the guy wakes up and says, thank you so much. That's the only reason I did it. That's all I ever wanted was to be choked out by Dan Henderson. <laughs> and I, I, he's I, like, dude, you could have just told me that.
2: Yeah, I would have just done it for fun.
1: Yeah, I would have done it for a beer.
2: I know we've talked about it before, but remember when we went out with Matt Hughes, how many people fought around him and wanted to fight him? And it's a that's a weird phenomenon. I don't know why you want to get beat up by a guy. I want to be the exact opposite.
1: I agree. Breaking it down. Chad Belding, Alex Crosby hope y'all are loving it even colt mckivitt said i want y'all to do more episodes of breaking it down they Mm -hmm. love listening to it you need to get on more rants though you come in here it's a little early you just kind of takes you a minute to wake up i expect more more tables why are you you cutting
2: up on me because colton was cutting up on you now you want to turn it back this way or is it because i said we didn't bring the table
1: yeah it's because you hurt my feelings i I did throw one dart early sorry no it wasn't one it was multiple all at once. It's like you got a handful of That's darts and true. you threw them all at my board. I don't think so. I like to perform. I like to do things right. You were not happy with the tailgate. I, just, I even cooked the brats for you. Were they good? I don't know.
2: You're closing. But uh, there was another time that we said we would do it better. Talladega. It's just kind of – it's a building block. You what did know? we do wrong at Talladega? We didn't not do it wrong, but we kind of said next time we go, maybe some Traegers get flown in, maybe some different kinds of meats. You know, you could have a different kind of a party at Talladega. We – And I think you could do the same thing at a tailgate. Now we know, you know, you got to get one under your belt.
1: I've done it three times and we kind of get catered to there with our friends. They're all set up because they're from Alabama. So they drive everything in there and they have it kind of set up. I don't really know what we would do. But as far as the San Francisco or these ones, I don't know. I'm kind of happy with that simplicity of it because now now you got to break everything down, dude. Then you got to go home and clean everything. That's it's true. not it's not just like you can leave it there. I mean a lot of people just left their trash Oh my god. That pissed me off. But um like like Lake Tahoe at 4th of July. Hey, what is that? I I know
2: we could go on that. That was terrible. That parking lot was a sea of garbage, dude. And they had plenty of receptacles. They had people handing out trash bags.
1: Because people don't care. That's what well, you have a government dude. that lets people defecate in the streets. It's true. And, and everywhere you drive is littered with garbage and 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 homelessness and I have compassion for it all, but at some point I don't either. Right. It's like lead by example. Take your freaking trash to a dumpster. They've placed dumpsters all around here now, yeah. but you want to drive out of there. How, how can you drive out of there and just leave your trash laying there? How How in your, in your psyche, how can you do
2: that? I know that's, it it's was disgusting. Brutal. Pick was, it up. Most people don't get to see that. Be accountable yeah. for yourself. Yeah.
1: Be accountable. It's a good way to end. I think so. Are you going to be fired up for the next one? Yeah. Promise. You got any coffee? Do you want one? No, I'm good. Did you have one on the way out? No, I haven't had any today yet. You haven't? Why? You woke up late. You were late here.
2: I did not wake up late, but. It's not even that much traffic on the way here. It's just the construction.
1: All right. Thank you all for listening to breaking it down. This life ain't for everybody brought to you by the one and only Tennessee sour Mash whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee, every drop made right there. I absolutely am in love with the new bonded and the new bonded rye. I'm fired up. We got a lot of cool things happening with Jack Daniels. I just got back from Canada hunting with a bunch of the Jack Daniels executives and workers and distributors. It was an awesome, awesome trip. Jack Daniels again enjoy it responsibly. Thank you so much for supporting the partners and sponsors that support us here at This Life Ain't for Everybody. Check out Sister Podcast, The Foul Life, Where the Pavement Ends, Anna V's American Wing Shooting, 40 Years of Freedom with Jennifer Swenson and Brittany Ledoux. Brand new episodes of The Foul Life TV airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Benelli's The Foul Life season 15. All of our brands, thank y'all so much for the continuous support. We couldn't do it without you. For Alex Crosby, I'm Chad Belding. Thank you again for listening to This Life Ain't For Everybody Breaking It Down series. See you later.
0: Everyone's looking for a handout and Alex just wants some old number seven.
2: Here's a funny thing we could talk about too. So now you want me to pay and tip without seeing your performance. And then on top of it, it's
1: $17 for one drink. That's the problem (laughs) with professional sports, in my opinion. Fend for yourself and stand apart from the crowd in
0: your Resist Hall hat while snacking on some Jack Links. Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, the Breaking It Down Edition with Chad Belding and Alex Crosby. We'll wrap the Show after these words from our partners. Stay tuned.
1: Being in the backyard at camp being with friends and family one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards it got us staying home more and man we just started doing so many cookouts so much grilling and we've been partnered with traeger grills for the last decade and i don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new timberline xl and the new flat rock the ironwood 885 all of their pellets their rubs their sauces their glazes their smash burger kit you name it traeger grills is awesome and we use them a ton i'm sure you've seen it on the foul life you've seen it in our social media get creative be innovative think outside of the box wild game domestic vegetables desserts pizzas you can do it all on a traeger grill and like i mentioned that timberline xl with that conduction plate i'm talking high heat reverse sear steaks anything you want to put on there gets it done in a hurry after you put a little smoke on them on the grill transfers right over so easy everything is simplified you can download the traeger grills app you can find recipes you can work with pros like matt pitman at meat church and chad ward at whiskey bent barbecue and so many others from across the country to master these recipes it's simple and that's what traeger is all about they did not want your backyard experience to be complex so when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor recipes thinking outside the box think no further than traeger grills i can't wait to get back in my traeger grill just cook up something delicious thank you all very much vision I just had a lens Retraction surgery last year. It's pretty much like cataracts that you're going to get in your 60s, 70s. Everybody's going to get it. Once you get it, your vision is there. It's never changing. Artificial lenses. I had it at 40s. And I'm telling you, with what I do with duck hunting and scouting and watching my daughter grow up, I'm just so thankful that I'm back to 2015 in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye, thanks to Dr. Matt Mills, who you've all heard on our podcast. But I want to protect my eyes. And that's exactly where one of our badass partners comes in oakley oakley eyewear the oakley culture the oakley lifestyle protect your vision when you're shooting when you're fishing nothing worse than getting a hook in the eye with somebody casting on the same boat you just can't take it for granted the damage the sun can cause the rays the uv just keeping the dust and the dirt out of your eyes just everything during a hunt pit blind boat blind it doesn't matter sun up they make different lenses for different skies they're sold all over the world and they support the military and the blue line and conservation and hunting and fishing in the outdoors and living off the land and we never hunt without our oakley's everybody's like why well, you always got your sunglasses on shouldn't be wearing sunglasses you probably shouldn't in turkey hunting i don't wear them in turkey hunting because of the vision of a turkey and the reflection but when i'm shooting trap range or the sporting clays or the skeet or the five stand or i'm in a duck hunt or a goose hunt i have my oakley's with me at all time i put them in my banded backpack i have them in an oakley hard case i keep them protected the prism lenses Everything that goes in to the technology behind the Oakley brand and the frames, the function of them, all of the different lenses that you can get, like I mentioned, and the way they protect our eyes. The prism lens technology is second to none. You got to get a pair of Oakleys. I know there's a lot of choices out there when you want to protect your eyes, but remember, please support the brands that support this lifestyle. Oakley, the official eyewear of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, and everything we do here at The Provider and Where the Pavement Ends. Thank you so much for supporting. Oakley. We travel a lot. We're up and down America's highways, byways, thoroughways, cornfields, dirt roads, back roads, country roads. Love seeing that dust in our rear view. Love looking over and seeing the sunset, the sunrise, mallard ducks pitching in to a pond in Kansas, a coyote howling in Wyoming, an antelope standing on the side of the road in Nevada. We get to do this all through Ford trucks. Corning Ford, Paul. Francis, the entire crew, the customer service, the service department, the selection, the dedication to excellence and quality, the number one Ford Super Duty dealer in the West United States five years in a row. They're in the top 10 in the country, and they're in a little tiny town, Corning, California, 5,000 people deep maybe, but the construction, the farming, the ranching, the almonds, the walnuts, the olives, the duck hunting, the fishing, the deer hunting and turkey hunting, predator hunting, you name it. Corning Ford is part of it, they support our lifestyle, their pricing, they refuse to mark them up. Give them a try, they'll deliver your truck Anywhere in the country. They've delivered them to Alaska, Florida, so many to Nevada, so many to Northern California, all over Arizona and Colorado. They've delivered three to Tennessee. They delivered one to Minnesota to our friend Andrew at Wildacre Kennels. It's Corning Ford. They support the outdoors, and there's nothing better than a Ford truck. These 2023 Ford Super Duties F 250s, F 350s, the long bed, the short bed, the tremor package. Watch your speed. Set that cruise control because sometimes you look down and be like, I'm not going that fast. Something's got to be broken. And you're pulling a trailer and you got a Lear topper on the back of it the bed of your truck is full they're meant for hauling they're meant for towing thank you Francis thank you Paul there's nowhere better in the country to buy your next Ford vehicle or Ford Super Duty truck than Corning Ford thank you all for supporting them
0: Mercy sakes, mercy sakes, we're wrapping it up.
1: All right, thank you all for listening to Breaking It Down. Jack Daniels, again, enjoy it responsibly. No, I haven't had any today yet. You want one? I think so.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, the Breaking It Down Edition with our resident life coaches, Chad Belding and Alex Crosby. And don't miss all the self-improvement tips the boys dish by streaming all Breaking It Down broadcasts on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, and This Everybody. Long live this life ain't for everybody and God bless America.